And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy hump day. Happy Wednesday to you. Thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the deep end of the pool. Day two, our present Union State visit to Washington. This is our first keyword of the day. Day two. So President Yoon's busy schedule in the U.S. enters its second day with visits to memorials and business roundtables. What's the latest, Adam? Yeah, certainly a very jam-packed schedule he's certainly having uh, within the whole week. Uh, and Day two is no different. And he opened his uh, state visit uh, to the U.S. by touring a NASA facility uh, with Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, before the visit to the Goddard Space Flight Center, the two countries signed a joint statement on cooperation in space communications uh, and navigation. That's, of course, all in line with President Yoon's kind of aim and pledge to boost uh, Korea's space industry. Um, they received briefings as well from NASA scientists mm. on uh, cooperative efforts on space exploration uh, and addressing the climate crisis as well. So not just uh, space exploration, but the whole uh, purpose or aim for expanding the space um, mm. industry is to try and get a better glimpse and picture of uh, the changing climate as well by the use of sat uh, satellites and uh, whatnot developed by Korea. Mm. Uh, and he visited uh, also, meanwhile, Arlington National Cemetery near Washington with his wife uh, Kim gun uh, and paid tribute to American service members um, buried there. Uh, Yoon laid a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, as it's known. Um, he also visited an exhibition room where he presented a plaque commemorating the American service personnel who fought in the war. It read, We will never forget, forgotten no more. Now, there was also a 21-gun salute uh, from near the cemetery. Uh, so... It was a very uh, flamboyant affair. Yoon uh, mm -hmm. thanked uh, the fallen American soldiers for their sacrifice. He also attended a luncheon celebrating the 70th anniversary of the bilateral alliance. He awarded South Korea's highest military order, known as the Tegak Order of Military Merit, to three American veterans for their heroic actions um, during the Korean War. Uh, one of them was known to have actually... Uh, uh, jumped on top of a grenade as well to help his subordinates uh, during the battle as well. Um, so mm. uh, those three medals are given out. Uh, and also, meanwhile, Yoon promised the Korean government's continued efforts to recover the remains of the U.S. service members killed or gone missing during the war. There's still excavation uh, operations uh, in relation to that still going on. Uh, and he also vowed to fully uh, to fulfill rather the country's responsibility and role for freedom and peace in the world. Um, and uh, this all came, of course, before the much anticipated Yoon Biden summit, which will take place on Wednesday at the White House, uh, which will be followed by what's being reported as a lavish state dinner at the White House. Uh, so we'll have to see what's on the menu. Right, we're getting some <laughs> clues as to what that menu may entail. A fusion Korean-American affair, might, oh, God, you might add. Me <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're, I mean, there's certainly a lot of buzz around it, so we'll talk about it yeah. in social media. I mean, if you're curious, stick around. <laughs> there's always risks with fusion food. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of good ones, but uh, the majority of them have been so good. But of course, I'm sure they'll uh, fix up something nice. 
where's the faith? A little bit of faith this morning. Sorry, I'm in a a kind of a a groggy mood this morning. So (laughs) I think that's where it's coming from. (laughs) All right, right, we'll set that aside for social media. And of course, the Korea and the United States, it seems they are at a critical juncture in economic cooperation too. Uh, This brings us to our second keyword of the day. Business deals. So there were also a lot of business deals being made during the trip already. This is, of course, in line with UN so-called sales diplomacy uh, announcement by Netflix. A lot of collaborations, it seems. Can you tell us the details of the announcement so far? Right. So all this political diplomacy uh, is all very uh, good and well. But uh, I think one of the main purposes of the trip is, of course, economic cooperation. Uh, has been led, uh, or Yoon has been accompanied by one of the biggest economic delegations uh, so far on any overseas trip that he's taken. Uh, going into some of the deals that were made, for example, General Motors and Samsung SDI, they've announced plans to build a $3 billion uh, new electric vehicle battery cell plant in the United States. The location uh, is yet to be decided. That came after Yoon met with Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarando, who said the firm would invest $2.5 billion in Korea on programming over the next four years. Uh, Also, six U.S. tech companies agreed to invest a total of just under $2 billion in Korea's semiconductor, hydrogen and environmentally friendly businesses. Uh, So basically businesses, these future-oriented or future growth engines, Mm. as they're being called. the six companies if, uh, 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 include air products, uh, plug power, on semiconductor, green tweed, pure cycle technologies, and EMP Bellstar. So these are quite unfamiliar mm. uh, companies to those in Korea, uh, but so they are tech companies uh, related to these future growth engines. Now, the announcement uh, was made at a business roundtable a day after the investment pledge uh, from Netflix. Uh, some 180 business leaders from both countries attended the meeting, uh, including the heads of Korean conglomerates. Um, a total, the total U.S. investment during Yoon's visit to the U.S. apparently amounts to $4.4 billion, according to the presidential office. Uh, Yoon told the event that the South Korean-U.S. alliance must keep in a leap rather into a new phase uh, to jointly overcome crises. Um, he said the bilateral security alliance should evolve into a supply chain and future-oriented Innovative Technology Alliance, Mm. and he noted that core technologies from the U.S. and South Korea's advanced manufacturing capabilities would create enormous synergies that will benefit both countries. So basically saying the U.S. has the tech, Korea has the uh, manufacturing capability, we'll make your good tech even better, basically. And he stressed (laughs) that bilateral investments uh, need to be expanded both quantitatively and qualitatively to build a more stable and resilient supply chains. Mm. All right, so we'll keep close tabs on what that actually amounts to. For now, according to, as you said, the presidential office, uh, President Yoon's uh, trip has amounted to a $4.4 billion different set of pledges, especially in uh, areas of key mm. techs related to uh, future-oriented uh, growth engines, semiconductors, EVs, clean energy source, contents. <laughs> yeah, think... it's, uh... Go on. Sorry, go on. Now go on. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say it's $4.4 billion now. But of course, as the trip goes on throughout the week, we could see that uh, amount increase as well. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> all right. With that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. 
Slight growth. So the current economy returned to growth in the first quarter from the previous quarter, that is. That is slightly above forecast. I might have to bold point slightly. Tell us the details. Mm. Yeah, it is a slight growth, but... Uh, in times that we're living in now, even a slight growth is kind of, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, Touché. if you will, or a slight uh, um, uh, respite, if you will. Now, according to preliminary data announced by the Bank of uh, Korea, the country's real GDP gained 0.3% in the first quarter from the previous quarter. It was led by increased private spending, especially after all COVID-19, or pretty much all, uh, COVID-19 social distancing rules were lifted. Uh, private consumption gained uh, half a percent on strong demand for uh, entertainment and services. Mm. So basically all this pent-up spending um, on all this pent-up... Uh, need to uh, spend? <laughs> need to spend after all these restrictions were in place. We see a lot more people in the cinemas, for example, mm. out and about uh, at handgun parks and nightclubs and what uh, have you. And uh, so that's where all this... Uh, consumption is coming from. Uh, also, construction investments also increased 0.2% on quarter in uh, Q1. Uh, that's because of obviously more buildings are being built and those restrictions uh, from the COVID-19 uh, have been lifted uh, in related in relation to that as well. Uh, government spending also rose 0.1% on increased spending on in-kind social security benefits. Um, faci- facility investments, on the other hand, declined Uh, 4% on the sluggish machinery sector, including semiconductor equipment. Uh, But the trade deficit from sluggish exports continue to pose um, a sluggish outlook for the economy. Mm. Uh, Exports continue to dwindle while imports jumped on the buying of chemical products. Now, Moody's Analytics said weak global demand and the down cycle in electronics are weighing on good exports. Uh, It forecast 1.4% growth for Korea this year. Uh, the Bank of Korea's forecast is 1.6%, so slightly higher. Korean uh, domestic forecasts usually tend to be a bit higher than those mm-hmm. of uh, foreign um, analytics uh, institutes. Uh, but the BOK governor, Lee Chang-yong, said, Lee Chang-yong rather, said earlier this month the outlook could be uh, revised, so we'll have to see. Uh, China's reopening of the economy, uh, for example, isn't really helping mm. much here uh, in Korea Um uh, not as much as economists and some watchers were hoping for anyway. Right. That's because most of the recovery in China over there is centered on uh, service spending and, of course, domestic uh, demand and spending there as well. So, of course, that's not really going to have an impact on Korean or external economic um, cooperation and ties. Uh, but, of course, that will change or hopefully change down the line as well. <laughs> That's the hope anyway. Uh, certainly not helping South Korea's sad export numbers. You're right. There seems to be a common thread there. I mean, pent-up spending mm. needs uh, being alleviated due to lifted COVID restrictions. It's just much more massive in China, given how strict their restrictions were until they about faced from their zero-COVID policies. But we'll, mm. we'll have to wait and see what these numbers indicate for the latter half of the year. Let's turn our attention to our fourth keyword of the day. Jail for DUI. So the South Korean government is implementing tougher punishments on DUI violations. This comes amid public anger over the death of a nine-year-old girl killed by a drunk driver a couple of weeks ago. And it happened to be in, of course, a, uh, a school zone where you're supposed to mm. slow down and that raises even more sense of urgency. Are these laws that are that had already been tweaked effective at all, that is. 
That's right, exactly. I mean, uh, the whole uh, Minjig law that yeah. came into effect a, a couple of years ago, um, there's been a bit of controversy around that to say well, some of the guidelines are a bit grey in some sure. areas sure. Uh, and not really many people are really adhering to the rules as well. Uh, that well, that came about after uh, a boy of the same age, nine years old, was also killed as well. So it's unfortunate to hear that this time a nine-year-old girl uh, has been killed as a result of this uh, uh, DUI violation, especially in a zone where more prudence uh, has been encouraged. Mm. Now, uh, critics uh, have been blaming kind of weak penalties for the continued death of children at uh, the hands of drunk drivers, despite uh, these toughened rules or uh, laws. Uh, now, in the case of a child being killed as a result of DUI in a school zone, a maximum of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 26 uh, years. years in jail, <clears throat> excuse me, could be imposed. That's ten and a half years for injury plus an additional 15 uh, in the case of death. Now, it's the first such sentencing guidelines for DUI uh, in school zones and will be applied in July. Now, if a child is injured, then the violator could also be fined between 3 million and 15 million one if there's are mitigating circumstances uh, and warranted reasons for reductions uh, in the penalties. But if the ver uh, injury is serious or it's not the violator's first offence, then, of course, that could mean um, up to five years in jail and even longer uh, for uh, other types of uh, violations. Uh, there will also be tougher penalties according to the level of intoxication mm. or if the perpetrator refuses um, a breathalyzer test uh, as well. So it's a bit unfortunate that it's, uh, it's a bit common occurrence in Korea that something drastic has to happen, mm. a tragedy has to happen for uh, such laws and uh, rules to be toughened mm. uh, and relevant policies to be put in place. But mm. still better than nothing, I guess. We'll have to see how well this mm. toughened uh, laws work from July. But um, yeah, we'll have to keep our eyes open. But it seems that the public consensus is highlighted, the fact that the need for tougher restrictions, especially against drunk driving in, in school zones, uh, this uh, this consensus is shared. So we'll have to wait and see how these policies pan out and how it affects discouraging people from drunk driving at all. Let's move on to our final keyword of the day. Back home. So Korean nationals who are evacuated from the war-torn Sudan have arrived safely back in Korea. Uh, there are interviews out there of who have arrived safely home. What's the latest, Adam? Yeah, I mean, it's not the first time that Korean nationals have been evacuated from, you know, dangerous countries and war-torn countries. But this one took, uh, especially a lot of the headlines, considering how kind of excruciating the process <laughs> was and how nerve-wracking and how under wraps it was as well. Uh, now, a military tanker transport aircraft that took off from Jeddah in Saudi Arabia arrived at Seoul Air Base in Sungnam yesterday afternoon. Uh, the evacuation mission took days to carry out due to the threat of clashes on the ground, but succeeded thanks to help from Korean allies, including the United Arab Emirates. Uh, Defense Minister Lee Jong-sub and military officials greeted uh, the Korean nationals uh, arrive, uh, who arrived. Uh, mm. Their families were welcomed um, with uh, welcomed them with flowers and cakes. Uh, the government plans to provide them with medical checkups and other forms of support. Uh, and also, since Japanese nationals also accompanied uh, the Korean nationals evacuating the country as well, um, it also held a meeting on their accommodations and other support measures. Uh, related ministries, such as the health ministry, will also offer uh, necessary support, such as counselling and treatment. Mm. 
Um, and according to the presidential office, uh, the whole process was extremely chaotic because it certainly was uh, dangerous. And also the information came from a few unconfirmed sources as well. Um, and the foreign ministry here is also uh, giving back. It's sharing information with other major countries who mm. want to get their nationals out of the war-torn Sudan as well. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Have a good one and we'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.